What's going on, everybody? This is the podcast formerly known as Men Growing Beards and Sleeping on Chairs, now known as Whiskey, Web, and Whatnot. You've got myself, Robbie the Wagner, and my co-host, Charles William Carpenter III. Yeah, I was going to propose the title of Men Pretending to be CEOs as if they are important, but Robbie thought that was too Ah, long. yes. Yeah, you, you have a max character limit for her podcast titles. But we are technically both CEOs as of this moment. Yeah. Anybody can do that, though. Just so you know, you just incorporate for a few bucks, whatever it costs, and, and then just call yourself that. And it yeah, works. You don't even have to do that much, right? Like, you no. can just say, like, people don't realize that you can just do the little copyright symbol on your website and that, mm. like, that's like 50% of the way there. Like, yeah, you don't have to do all the legal shit. I didn't even file this copyright, but I did tell you it was copyrighted. So, or trademark pending or things of that nature. I, apparently these days you can just go on Twitter and say, I'm the CEO of HTMX. So let's just say that I am the HTMO. HT HTMO Ooh. of the CMX. <laughs> I am the CEO of HTMX. Officially and I am the CEO here. of HTML. Mm -hmm. We will That's fight a programming it language. Mm -hmm. Patent pending. Mo more so than HTMX. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, because HTMX is a library. Yeah. I love that everyone is like, is HTMX a real thing or a meme? Because I can't tell. And I'm it's like, both. honestly, I can't tell either, but I think it's mostly a meme. Is what I, I, will, think. I love how much, like, it's funny to say this, but... Uh, traditional or legacy web application frameworks have uh, embraced HTMX. They're like, finally, I don't have to fuck with React. Anyway. Nobody wants to fuck with React. You heard it here first. It fucks with you, though. Yeah. And it's Tell us about there. the Sweetens Cove, Chuck. Okay. So today's whiskey is Sweetens Cove, Tennessee straight bourbon. It is aged 13 years at a proof of 100.6. Today's mash bill is 84% corn, 8% rye, and 8% malt. That's correct. Mm -hmm. That adds up to 100. This shit also, sorry to derail you, but 50.3% alcohol. Really? Why could mm -hmm. we not level this out at 50 or 51 or... My, it's just, just where it tasted just right, I guess. In, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because there's no... Like, what did it go into the barrel? So Tennessee whiskey isn't it should be high i mean they they water everything down right like barrel yeah proof you proof it, it's pretty it's called high. proofing it down yeah is what it's called but it's basically Whatever. adding water, water right water. yes yeah because water goes Limestone away in the aging water process. it's not it's in tennessee everything's different tennessee water as soon as you cross the border there's no limestone it's so weird that's exactly where they created the border the, the water becomes soft when you cross the border no limestone isn't soft water just high minerals? It's just maybe not. Yeah, it's that lime, one. which is from limestone, right? Am I wrong? I I don't know. I know that Kentucky water has the limestone and does soften it, but does that mean all softened water is limestone influenced? There's so many questions here. I, more more than yeah, there's answers. I am here's my big question on the softness of did water. Did Kimmy Gibbler? Did Kimmy Gibbler? Or no, not Kimmy Gibbler. It was Stephanie Tanner. Did she have anything to do with this? Right. I don't, I don't know wasn't that the Jody Sweeten? Wasn't that the middle sister on? No. Okay. On what? I I don't know. I mean, you know a, a lot of things that I don't know. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. I know a lot of things. Due to 
our ages, you know more things than I know about certain yeah, things. Right. Yeah. You weren't born yet. And, oh, I can't even now. I now I already lost it. You know, it was the Bob Saget like TV. Oh, series. Full House. Full House. Fuller House was the. Yeah. It was Jody. I don't. Jody Sweeten. Anyway, was it sweet? She has nothing to do with this. Does she live in yeah. Tennessee now? Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with Tennessee. It would be a great unless, story, uh, wouldn't it? Though, like if she like took all her full house money and you know bought a farm in Tennessee. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's try this one. It says a state of mind, a place on the map. Share it, savor it. Sweetens Cove. So I guess it's a place, Sweetens Cove. Speaking of Sweetens, it's very sweet smelling. Yeah. 84% it smells like corn a fucking really cake. Do you? <laughs> yeah, birthday cake. I was totally yeah. going to say like birthday cake, Rice crispy. Like that's what it reminds me of. Like I'm not getting any burn on the nose. It's all, no. yeah, a lot of marshmallow for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Man. let's get in here. Okay, I get mm. a little bit of like, kind of like a little bit of like, burny sugar there but still yeah. sweet initially the flavor so, is not hugely different from the smell there's there's agreed. some marshmallow to it especially at the end like lingering a mm. little bit of marshmallow Roasted it's definitely marshmallow. more burned like it's like yeah. you lit a marshmallow on fire yes and yes. let it burn for a couple seconds and then ate it which yeah. is a mm. yummy flavor i don't, yeah. don't mind this that is quite good so far yeah hmm a little bit of like lemony, slight lemon to it in the finish for me. As it just keeps going back to back birthday cake for me. Yeah, definitely it is, starts as that. It's it's weird. It's like it's this. It has a ton of smoke in the initial taste, and hmm. that almost brings me to like a scotchy flavor. But okay. then before it goes over the hill and sucks like a scotch does, it's like yummy, like. <laughs> I don't think that you know I, would, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no. I I think I'm there with you, but it just doesn't quite have like a smoke to me. It has more of like a char of like Sure, sure. Yeah. Right? Like you said like you roasted that's, a marshmallow, that's what I mean. you blackened a little bit of it and it has that little char at the beginning and then you're like, "Ooh, gooey delicious yeah. marshmallow." Yes, it is more like the actual char versus the vapors coming off of it. I was just Yeah. generalizing with words. <laughs> Are we all? Yeah. I think it's really good. I think if you like scotch, you would like it. You may mm. not like the finish, but like initially it punches you in the mouth like a scotch would. And I like that it's got that going and the like mild cakey taste with like, this is just, it doesn't have any like flavoring or like, I don't know. Like they did a great job of this being different than anything else I've had with not doing anything that different. It's like a mostly corn, not that, like, not that much proof to it. You know, it, you would think it wouldn't have a lot going on, but it does. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's, I agree that it's quite good. So when we rate it, and here you are, listener, remember, just in case you forgot from last week, we use a tentacle scale. It's from zero to eight, zero being horrible. Clearly, we're not going to go that direction. Four being like, as is fine, and eight being quite amazing. How would we categorize this one though because we tend That's to like segment. is it a bourbon or is it a tennessee whiskey is it both because they say both yeah 
So technically, like, if we many were saying... Tennessee whiskeys like Jack Daniels are bourbon for all intensive purposes from mash bill and all the other stuff. They yeah, just flavor they just it. This one's not flavored. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I think. Okay, so let's do let's do both. So from a bourbon standpoint, this is quite possibly the best bourbon I've had. Hmm. Because most bourbons don't do much for me, and this has a lot going on. So in a bourbon standpoint, I would give this an eight. Whoa. As a Tennessee whiskey, I don't know, because we had some good ones at Greenbrier. Is it Greenbrier? Is that what yeah, called? Yeah, Greenbrier. Yep. Yeah. But I don't fully remember them, so I don't like... <laughs> So I don't amazing. know, like, not that I was like wasted then or whatever, but like, I just don't, we, we tasted like five or six. So like, I don't remember them all. And I'm sure some of them are pretty good, but this is quite possibly both the best bourbon and the best Tennessee whiskey I've had. And I will give this an eight because this is amazing. Wow. Okay. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. You got an eight. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I'm far off from you i think i'm think i'm considering it from a different perspective though so from just a straight bourbon perspective we have had a lot of really good things so like even like the bardstown we had recently i think is pretty tasty we've had some different bardstowns there's a rabbit hole we had that was quite good we had yeah, that's a, been a while ago though. we've had a couple of barrels that are also quite good um we've had some weird and fucked up ones but we've had some very good ones so from that perspective, I kind of lump it into that. Like, this is very tasty and interesting, like some of those were. And I definitely would reach for this more. Probably going to reach for this a lot more tonight. Let's qualify a little bit more, though. Like, they didn't age this in anything like a port barrel or a... Like, this is just a barrel, a normal barrel with normal Tennessee whiskey mash bill. Just like, straight up whiskey. Yeah, I definitely. think doing that, it is the best execution I have had. Now, if you count barrels being in port or Cabernet or different kind, like those are potentially tastier than this. Yeah. They've done more things. Like, I think this is the best. Not a finished whiskey. Bourbon. I agree. Not a finished whiskey. I need to go back to some of those because I'm a big fan of things like Makers has the 46 cast strength that I think Mm -hmm. is very flavorful and delicious. So in the bourbon world, I feel like there's some other things that I like a lot also. And I kind of like put this in that pot. So I would give it a seven in that world very easily. Definitely would come back a bunch. Want to share. Talk. I'll probably talk about this with some of my, you know, whiskey crew offline. In a Tennessee whiskey, it's just no doubt. Like this is, this is a slam dunk. This is an eight, 100% of the time. And I, you know, I like some of the Greenbrier expressions and some Dickel and things like that that I've had that are pretty good. But this is far superior to those. Yeah. So... In that sense, it's definitely an eight. So, yeah, I, I, I here we are. I think we've hit the pinnacle of something yeah. that, like, is a clear winner to us in some ways. I'm surprised. Like, I was expecting yeah. it to be hype. Like, a cool-looking bottle that costs a lot of money is usually not that tasty. Like, it's usually not bad because you've paid a lot for it and they put a lot of work into it and it's fine. Right. But, yeah, this this punches above its price point, I would say. Like... Right. I having not had anything really pricey like a pappy or anything yet, which we should change. We should do that maybe like where mm-hmm. we can get a shot of it versus buying a bottle. Right. But uh, yeah, this this is one of the best ones I've ever had. And I am I don't really have anything bad to say about it. Mm. Well, having had pappies and I've had 
all of them, I think, actually, throughout life. I would say, and again, this is just kind of my own opinion of things. Now, at retail, Pappy is a great value. At a secondary that isn't like off the fucking charts, it's still pretty decent, but you're still getting really good stuff when you could like pick up Weller Antique 107 or the the 12 year Weller. Like those were still doing pretty good in comparison to me. Like I felt like these are still pretty good too. So like I I don't need to chase that all the time. Pappy 23 for me is just way too old, way too like woody and deep and just like it just too much spice with the sweet because it is a weeded bourbon. Yeah, 15 was like my sweet spot. But again, like there's a certain price where it just didn't feel worth it. So I would say like this is delicious. I would take this over that because I'm not going to pay that. That isn't any miles better than this by all means. Yeah. So here we are. All right. There we are. This is what our third eight something. I forget what we've given an eight. Not much. Not much. It's high praise. Yeah, here it is. We're setting some standards for folks. And uh, yeah, and it, you know, so regressing back to some of your points around, like, I just have like a lot of these micro distilleries coming out, oftentimes just sourcing things and whatever else. And you're like, you get okay product, you get some nice packaging, it's heavily marketed. And then it's sort of like to try them, it's 60 to $80 out of the, out of the gate. And $80 to be like, I don't know. I got to trust your palate for me. Like, I don't know. I'd rather get a tried and true half that price or less. Like, yeah, I'm just less incentivized to like go down these paths. And so to get something that actually ends up kind of delivering is nice because I'm not blown away by their website. By all means, I went there to get some info. No, I, I was like, haven't checked their website. Yeah, I usually get the whiskey info. So I go to the website first and then I kind of go from there if they don't give much. But and this is available at Sealbox and DeWine Spot. So, yeah, it's available kind of everywhere. Like, I think I got mine at the ABC store. Oh, really? And I think That's... after I got it, like, you sometimes I'll go and get like the five most interesting things they have and then just make sure they get sent to you if they're not like a thing. Yeah, you yeah. Because you get better prices at the ABC. They're like, yeah, you know, all normal. And then you're like, yeah. well, online I can find a lot. So, yeah, I think I paid like 125 maybe or something okay. and yeah i think online now it's like 200 ish and like i did see it at sealbox for like 215 yeah it was like 180 or something at dewine spot but it might who knows you know yeah. that goes up as availability so so there you go uh pay a little more get a little more in this instance so that's good yeah because yeah. that price definitely carries some weight i think that like that's not approachable for everyone this is like a nice one to have in your cabinet for a while. Share with people yeah, you actually sure. like, which means not your family. Yeah, this is one I will not be giving away. I give most yeah. of them away. Like people come visit. I'm like, take two or three whiskeys with you yeah. because I don't need them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are we going to hot takes each other? Is that what's going on? I don't on? know. I was like, Fucking we man. haven't talked about these. We've given our opinion on like the ones we've been doing, but not these newer ones. I didn't know if okay. we wanted to talk about them. Or if we want to skip them and go straight to normal tech. Let's see here. I don't know. I mean, do you want to give your opinion on these things? I mean, the the last one could be possible, but. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, the first couple, I think, are pretty quick. GraphQL was definitely a mistake. No discussion mm-hmm. involved. The, no, I'm it just depends, kidding. but I think that it's <laughs> not like this panacea that 
has changed the API world that we originally thought three, four years ago. So yeah, no, I think I think I said this on a recent one where we asked someone this, where I was basically like, the things that it brought to light of like let's request only the things we need and like keep our responses small. Like I think that those kind of ideals that it introduced are very important. The same way that like I think React is not that great. I think it introduced a lot of important ideals too. So like similar there, I think it's like it moved us forward. It got like it moved the status quo higher to where it's like we don't all just be like oh yeah we'll use whatever and we don't care about the the format and how much we're sending or whatever like it it's enabled us to move forward but i think using it blindly now as like it's the thing you use kind of is what it was for the last like what eight years or something like i think now it's less like okay that's the thing i'm definitely going to use and more like i like some of the things it gave me but what else can i use that does that yeah exactly that i think we're actually at a tipping point in a bunch of these things that like new tools every 15 seconds but also a lot of iterations over existing tools and there's not really a right decision more in like you just need to learn to be a master of your tool or like learn how to work hard to make it work well yeah and that's really what it matters what for the most part like that's what you're coming up with you know like you can even use ember today and run your spa and then just get really good at fine-tuning it and finding ways to make it efficient yeah or react or next or whatever else who knows i mean the theme with everything is like leverage what's built in because Mm -hmm. we have view transitions now which i don't know how to hook it into ember yet but i'm working on it like there's got to be a like route will transition that's like skip the transition do my like view transition thing and then do the trans or like whatever it is. But like I haven't figured out how to make it work. But once you figure those like glue pieces out into every framework, you can just use the native view transition stuff and you can be as specific as you want in your CSS of like this thing should like slide 20 pixels down and like fade in and like do all like you can be really granular and we don't need then like Ember animated or liquid fire or like any of the things like like green sock like i guess we didn't mention it on the podcast we were we were pre-gaming before the podcast so we Mm -hmm. talked about green socks like we you probably don't need that as much because like you can do all of this like i think the browser is really going to be very powerful for all of these things going forward yeah and that's kind of the point i think of a lot of things that have come up in tech twitter and whatever is that these these baseline tools are more empowered now and we don't need to work around them as much as we used to per se. Like, right. Like if you were starting fresh thing today, obviously if you're in the trenches in a three, four, five, ten year old application, who knows, like you have different choices to make obviously along the way. But if you're thinking from zero, you know, use the tools of the web first before you Mm -hmm. start laying or layering on complexity i think yeah yeah anyone that's thinking about like should i build this component for xyz if it exists in native at all like color pickers date pickers time pickers all these different things that there are libraries for you could do your own libraries for all these things use the native one and when product tells you oh i want it to look a little different be like no we want it to work well for the users and adapt to the device they're on 
Yeah. And if they happen to be on a subpar device that does it weird that we don't like the look of it, that's fine because it will work perfectly. It might not look beautiful, right? but it's going to work perfectly. And the looks are improving. Like they're allowing you to change things with CSS more and more to where we should lean into that native stuff and then worry about the style later. Yeah. It's kind of like the progressive web app ideology of use as much of whatever is on the platform you're accessing this with make it as friendly as possible to that access, you know, to that particular device and then sort of pepper in niceness. Yeah. Yeah. Progressive enhancement. What a novel concept. Trademark. Don't let anybody say that from here on out. If anybody says progressive enhancement, they owe us 50 cents American. Because I'm not taking your, I'm not taking your (laughs) Canadian cents. Yeah, I used to always get like a Canadian coin every like a couple times a year would like change from like Wendy's or something. Like, <laughs> I'm like, how does that Tricks. happen? Like, yeah. I guess there's, you know, someone in like rural Virginia happened to be traveling to Canada and had like a coin in their pocket on accident. And, like, that and they seems- used it. They were like, how do I get rid of it? Rural Virginia. Yeah. 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 So I'll get rid of my pesos and. Anything else. You go to rural Virginia? Yeah, I just go to rural Virginia. (laughs) And I go to Wendy's or an Arby's, you know, and uh, that's it. They have the meats and they have the foreign currency. It's a foreign currency exchange. They just didn't know. Mexican restaurants that you could just probably spend it at. But, (laughs) (laughs) well, what if they're Argentinian pesos? See, there's so many. Okay. Okay. Go with that. Yeah. Yeah. And what if the restaurant is not. Truly Mexicans, but people masquerading as Mexicans. Right, right, exactly. And also, if they are truly Mexicans, they're like, what the fuck? I don't want this. You know how much this is worth? Yeah, no one in America wants that. (laughs) Right. Wait, I came here to not get these. A dollar is not four cents, brah. You know, anyway. Anyways, yes, this is a ridiculous rabbit hole. Let's move to the next thing. Rabbit hole. Whis- uh, uh, today's episode is brought to you by rabbit hole whiskey. No, I'm just kidding. Derringer. Not. Yeah. The Derringer is one of my favorites. Cause it's one of the two I've tried. Yeah. See if we were like whiskey ginger sponsored by rabbit hole whiskey, we could oh, actually they? say that. Yeah, they are. Have mm-hmm. you listened to that podcast? Cause he says it like four times. I have not listened to it. I, it has come up several times searching for podcasts around whiskey, but mm-hmm. I listen to it. Yeah, it's a comedy one. Very well structured. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll check it out. Speaking of comedy, would you ever put your sidebar on the right side of VS Code? I like it in theory. In practice, I'm lazy and leave things at default for the most part. Because yeah. like I would, I remember doing it in Sublime Text or something for a while ago. And be like, this is great. No, 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 no. And then you move on to the next thing. Or you move on to a new computer. So everything kind of resets a little bit. And and then you don't do it. You just do your shit. Move forward. Yeah. 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 I don't think I would ever care enough to move it. And if I did, like, I don't really use it a ton. Because, like, when you have more than, I don't know, 25 files, you're just searching for them anyway. Oh, right. Like, yeah. Command You don't P. need a sidebar. You're just, yeah. yeah. You know, so I don't, command I don't P. know oh. any of the real commands because I use the IntelliJ mapped commands. So for mm. me, it's like mm-hmm. shift command O 
is how I search for files. Gotcha. Yeah. So you guys are like command whatever, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, command P. Not that for me. Or it's yeah, it's command P and this shift command P for like things like show preview or whatever. Hmm. So yeah, I probably should turn that off and just learn the real ones. Maybe you should learn NeoVim on a Kinesis 360. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. that's true. I should probably do that. If you're ever going to stream, that's what has to happen. So I, I have the keyboard. Honestly, mm-hmm. the, Same. the one of the highest reasons I won't use it right now is it's Bluetooth, which sounds cool, but you can only Bluetooth to one thing at a time. So if I'm switching from my desktop to my work machine, I'm going to have to go like, disconnect bluetooth connect to this one so i need something that like plugs in and if i'm going to plug it in then i have wires going it doesn't have like a plug-in sensor i can plug in you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. so my current keyboard and mouse are from logitech who should also sponsor us yeah yeah i i think i Um, have the same mouse right yeah you do you just have the white one yeah that's so because I want the, more uh, privilege. New roadcaster that I you're just getting. want. I have this one for more. Privilege. <laughs> you want more privilege. <laughs> you want pseudo access. Yeah, <laughs> pseudo. Give me. I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, they, no, pseudo uh, is privilege. That's that was the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I got it. <laughs> pseudo, make me a sandwich. It's my favorite XKCD comic. Have you ever oh, seen that? one of those? They go, yeah, like, make it, me a sandwich, and it, it says, says no. make yeah, make me a sandwich, and the wife says no. And says, pseudo, make me a sandwich. Okay. <laughs> it's great. It's like such nerd jokes, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Mm. All right. Yeah, I don't know if we want to get deep into his open eye, AI dead now. I think it's, it's less performant and it's like, it's in a weird limbo state, but I think it's going to make it. Yeah, I think it's going to make it. I think it's got a lot of hype behind it. Plus, like, I don't give a shit what you call it. Google, I don't want to use it. You know, you, you like, you don't want to use spin up, not for 20. Well, I already pay $20 a month. I don't want to pay someone else $20 a month to try their thing. Wait, do you have to pay for it? I thought it was included in X premium Premium. plus plus premium. I got plus. You do. You pay 20 bucks a month already then. I no, I paid the yearly fee, which is like 30% off. So I was just like, give me all that shit. Cause I thought it would give me like even more like ranking power. And it's actually like, I feel like the more and more money I give them, the less and less I rank. Like I get like, yeah, I hardly see your tweets. Yeah. Like I have like, you know, 6,000 followers or whatever. And I get like 200 views on a thing. So I'm like, Mm. I think it's like actively deranking me like Mm. for having this. I don't understand. You you know how this partnership works, right? Like you get a thing and I need the thing. And then like, you you get the thing goes like that. But, but I don't know if it, it's helpful. You're welcome to buy it. Like, I don't. I don't always you're, tell you all folks, the things I'm I have buying. Permission. I am but also if, married to yeah. Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But uh, I. I don't know how the algorithm works. I don't think it works very good. And no. I try to engage with, you know, with things to sort of boost that and whatever else. And I. I don't know. There's weird things that work really well, and there's other things that I think are going to crush it. Nobody even likes it. I'm like, did they see it? I don't understand. Well, it tells you if they've it. seen it. Yeah, like you can see the little thirty views, and then like nothing. But yeah, I don't know. so I don't know how that works. Maybe it's like a a tiered thing of like if a hundred people see it and no one, none of them like it, then it like starts deranking it or something. I don't know. 
Like something is happening because mm. I post stupid shit that like shouldn't have any likes and it gets tons of likes. And then I post stuff that I really like thought out and it's like, no. Nah. Oh, okay. So, like, so monthly it's $16. I feel like it got, went down. And then if it you might have yearly, the yearly you get like a 20 or 30% discount. 12% now. 12%. Oh, so I, I think, I think it, mine was like 20%. They keep changing it. Yeah, they also I, keep saying like for the podcast or like, Give us the thousand dollars a month for the gold, and like, yeah. and we'll no. give you a thousand dollars in ad credit. And I'm like, you guys really need money, huh? Like, no. Well, he does because the valuation went way down and everything yeah. else. All right, I'll see. Whoa! Oh my gosh. Okay, don't do this live or quasi live. Okay, I bought it. Okay, you done? Yeah, I did it. I bought it, and then right. like some yeah. like really creepy thing came up after tell me about how much linux doesn't work yeah it doesn't i okay so i i i personally kind of wanted to jump on that because you know i have a home lab with like a linux setup and all of that and that's fine like ubuntu server works good but like if you want to use it for your like daily deuce do shit it it made me feel like I regressed your back daily to do shit. your daily do shit thing. <laughs> like you log on and like you got certain post some stuff, do some dev stuff, like go over here, do this, you know, all the stuff that you would do normally in a day. And it just never works straightforward. Like, oh, I don't like this terminal app and I don't have good ones I like. Okay, I'll try and do terminal through VS code. But now I'm like overly integrated. You can into use that warp, and, right? Because it's like, no, get, it's Rust. It's not Electron. Yeah, so maybe rust. you can't. Yeah, Electron so ones you can. So you could use Hyper. Yeah, maybe. Um, but anyway, end of the day, I just yeah, felt sorry. like I'd regress back into like I have a Windows computer and I'm always trying to fix this fucking thing. Yeah, and it just didn't feel good. And this comes up as a topic because we were talking about the framework laptops and like in. Like in theory, I love that. I love like this like modular composable laptop that can like last as long as you do if you want. Like you can replace the you know the motherboard and memory and inputs, and you can be like, oh, I don't have this port right now, and you pull that out and you put in the port, like the little card that gives you that port. Now you have it, mm -hmm. and like in theory, I love that. But then it's like either it's like Linux run, and I don't know. I this is maybe a me problem. I just feel like in general, it just like doesn't work for your normal user. I'm going to say I'm just yeah. a normal user. Well, so I think it, it comes down to do you enjoy a long time of like configuration and whatever? Because there's the the hardcore Arch Linux users yeah. want to configure stuff. And they tell me it's better now. And I'm not ever going to check to see if it is because <laughs> why? But like I did it back in like 2008 or so. I installed Arch Linux. And you have to like download it to a flash drive, take it over mm -hmm. to your PC, and like you start the installation, whatever. And it asks you some questions and you like choose some options and it installs everything. And all it installs is like a terminal. There's like, there's no GUI by default. So you have to then like install GNOME or I don't even know all the different options, but like some kind of GUI. And it's like this, like what? Like just choose this for me. 
Like, I don't want to <laughs> have to spend all fucking day. Like, even if I love your distro and it's like lightweight and that's the whole point is we're not going to install everything. So it's lightweight. Cool. But I want to be able to use it easily. So like strike that balance and give me a GUI. Everyone needs a fucking GUI. I'm, like there's no one other than like GitHub CI is using like headless Linux. Like who the fuck wants just a terminal? Like, no. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, you can have your terminal and then you vim and change your files and you do everything and you never you never see anything because you don't have a browser. You don't have anything. Yeah. Here it is. So that kind of Linux is the React of computer, like computer yeah. OSs. Yes, because it's for people that if you like to take over-engineer. Yeah, I have this thing. And now to have a full OS with GUI, I have to pick all the things. There's no standards. Yep. I'm just going to bespoke my thing yeah and if you have tons of time and you love that kind of shit then it's fun but if you don't like most people don't now you just want it to work and you're just like like even if you give me that flexibility give me a recommendation that's like hey 90 percent of people install this Choose you this. should probably yeah. install Do you that. want it or not want it kind of yeah. thing. yeah yeah and then then cool because you can opt out if you want for those power users or for most of us who just want to get shit done you're like, yeah, give me that. Mm. This yeah. episode is brought to you by Nullbox, who yeah. thinks you're wrong. Brought to you by Arch Linux. Yeah, Arch <laughs> yeah. Linux and Nullbox. No, I mean, I agree with the idea of the framework laptop, and I think Nullbox loves the framework laptop, and I, I like all of that. Like, hardware-wise, I think they did a great job. I think everything they've done is perfect. But you can't... I assume you can't, it's like not Hackintosh compatible. So if right. I'm not doing Mac OS, then there are some things that are kind of Mac OS like that you can install that like maybe solve some of these problems. But like, I think there's one day we might get there where it's like, you know, we just know what the like Linux distro is. Like Ubuntu was kind of that for a while, mm -hmm. but then like now it's gotten so complex. I'm like, I want to, release swatch as a snap app and it's like well you got to do like months of work to get that shit to work and i'm like well maybe we just don't support ubuntu then <laughs> like, right how much you can the user install base it in, cares you know you can probably install it in arch linux easier than fucking ubuntu right now because ubuntu is like we got this thing and we're all like sitting at home like eating funyuns and drinking mountain dew and being like not on my lawn motherfucker like and i'm like <laughs> how about you just help me release an app so that we can be a nice ecosystem? Like, no, fuck you. You don't didn't read the entire manual for Linux. You, you don't know shit. Like, yes, I don't know shit. I've asked you for your help. Like, please yeah, help yeah. me. I and don't know like, shit. No. And I just want to <laughs> include you in my user base. Yeah. 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 But here's the, th I think they buried snap too, by the way, I think the last Did time they? I jumped on Ubuntu, they basically, Ooh, I have not snap. released Swatch in like over a year or two in, in Ubuntu land because because not just that, but we use the the color picker in Chrome. Yeah. And it does not work. I think it, it might be specifically Ubuntu. I don't know if it's Linux as a whole or just Ubuntu, but it's like it doesn't work because it like doesn't have the right permissions or something. So it like yeah, can't grab right the rest there. of the screen. It can do it like just on the browser it's running on. And they yeah. did not allow for that like go into the permissions and say, allow this. So it just right. didn't work. And we were like, we don't care that much because 
nobody uses it on yeah. it turns out a lot of designers who are the user base yeah don't use ubuntu or linux that is or anything that ju doesn't just work arch linux yeah yeah turns yeah. out <laughs> they're not the arch linux to learn arch Figma. linux yeah <laughs> arch linux are for like you know what is it like not infosec but you know like the whole cybersecurity, like that those it's are the for people very that technical linux. people like yeah you, you want know to like when you see get someone. into the back door. They don't want a GUI because they're just trying to type into the back door. They just want to get yeah. access to your servers and shit like that. They don't care. I did. They don't care about I went, I went home to Roanoke, Virginia, middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Went to Food Lion out in oh, yeah. the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Dude gets out of his car with an Arch Linux shirt on. Was like, wow. Whoa. One, hilarious. But two, mm -hmm. like, you look like the kind of guy that would use Arch Linux. Like, yeah, he's a prepper. He's got, yeah. you know yes. what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like cybersecurity, red team, thinks the whole world is going to fall apart. And yeah. he's probably right, turns out. So, yeah. I am I am not prepped, and like, I'm okay with that. Like, if, if the <laughs> internet goes down, just kill me. Like, I don't need, like, I don't need any skills. I'm not going to try to survive that hard. Like maybe I'll have solar panels to like still play some Xbox and just chill <laughs> till someone kills me. But mm -hmm. like, I'm just, I'm not that into like life without any of the modern conveniences. So privacy is not a top concern of yours. No, I don't care at all. Yeah. No, you give don't it all. care at all. Actually, just, why don't you give your phone number and social security number on this podcast? Yeah, well, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh. Do we want to talk about biome? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So oh. I, I saw a video from, is it Ben Holmes? Am I getting his name right? Oh, that's that's right. the Astro guy. Yeah, well, he's about? the whiteboard guy. Yeah, is that his name, Ben Holmes? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. So he had a video. Sorry, and it was ben. like, huh? He's our one listener. You oh, fucked okay. it up. Oh, okay. now we have no listeners. No, so he was he was white he whiteboarded a little, but I think he's leaning less into that. He's like more showing stuff. But he he was showing like the ES lint and prettier config that he had to have before and then like the biome config after. And it was like, here's all my like five or six plugins for ES lint. Like I wanna like do all this bespoke stuff for my framework and I wanna like do whatever. And then in prettier, I he wants to like import sort with the Trivago prettier import sorter thing and whatever. And uh, he's like, yeah, we don't have to care about any of that because we just install biome and you can do like, it'll both lint and format and they're two separate commands. So you can do either. And then you can also do, I forget what the other one was. You can like do it all, like check and fix it for me. And so he was like showing how you can do everything in that. And the problem is it only supports like the React ecosystem and vanilla JavaScript. So if you're using like Svelte or Vue, or he didn't mention Ember, but I care about Ember, <laughs> you can't use it. So I'm like, okay, well, I love this idea. So I'm just waiting for it to exist in other things. But like, yeah, we've gotten down this path of like, every project I have has at least like three or four ESLint plugins. You have to have one for TypeScript too, because if you're doing TypeScript, it's different. Right. And then you have to have a separate config thing that's like overrides for TypeScript files and then do these different rules. And yeah, it's just, it's gotten out of hand and I, it's very slow too. Like ESLint tried to do the whole caching thing where you can like dash dash cache and it'll be like 
faster because it's only doing it on the things you've changed. Right. But that also breaks. Like I don't know, I don't know under what circumstances it breaks, but sometimes it breaks for me where I'm like, I changed a thing and it's not linting it, and it tells me you passed. And then I like send it to CI and it's like you failed. <laughs> and you have to run it without cash, and then it'll tell you, oh yeah, you you didn't pass. So like something weird's happening there. I'm just ready for a new tool that does it all. And I think Biome can do it. It's just not like fully available for all ecosystems yet. Well, you'll just switch to React and get it today. You're right. Right. I'm going to write JSX because I love it. And <laughs> yeah, no, because... I want to do a comparison because like, like anything that has a, what's it like, is DSL the right word or right acronym of like, you have a templating language of like where you have an if else in the template versus mm -hmm. having like brackets and then just JavaScript like from right. JSX. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. So like, like the handlebar syntax versus JSX. Yeah. Right? Something yeah. Like Cause yeah. like I had to, I was making some changes to our next JS based podcast website and I had to do an if, like if I have this image for the episode, like, like our, newest like 25 episodes have an image and then the rest of them have like the default image and i want to say if it has an image give me these meta tags so in jsx you do brackets thing dot meta tags or whatever like ternary operator the thing i want or null and i'm like what why can't you just say if do this thing and you can't in JSX, but you can in like every templating language and it just looks so much more readable. Mm. Right. Yeah. Versus like a, in JSX, you can do the nullis, nullish coalescence, coalescence. Right. Thing. So it's like, that's sort of a way around it. Yeah. I didn't have the, the other thing I wanted. So like it was a weird hierarchy of the, the root case was just in like the root, like the root index HTML or whatever it was like, these are your head and this is the, the thing you want to, the image you want to show. And then I wanted to override that for certain episodes. So the way the head, like, like the next JS head, not like HTML head works is you can like give it the same thing again and it will override. Mm. So like in the more specific cases, you're like, I want to show this thing. But then if you omit the whole block, it'll go back to the root one. Uh, so I was trying to do that. Like, it wasn't like I knew what the root case was and I wanted to say, if it's null, double question mark and do that. So it yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. it was, a. if I had that info, that would have been very easy. And I think that is much more readable than the ternary operator. I agree right. with that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was, it's just a weird thing. Like, it feels like you should be able to just have an if. I don't get it. <laughs> And that's it. At the end, you just want an if else or if. I do. Just I do. If. Like if that's how it is in programming. I don't need to have something else that doesn't work that way or have to like map through something to be able to do an if else inside the mm, map. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But everyone and knows rant. how I feel about that. Well, it's funny because going back to your biome discussion, though, which is like biome, I believe, came out of the React ecosystem because it was Rome first. And it was I don't know what happened to Rome though. I, they Rome kind of died. 
yeah, no, it just was like, we're building an awesome thing. Here's some stuff. And then it kind of stagnated. Like that Sebastian I, whatever guy. You know I heard about? there was, was some like, like shady shit going on with it. And essentially people left and, and like, like basically it, the project just stagnated. And then people who worked on it just started this new one. I should probably do more mm. research on that, but yeah. Yeah. We, we can talk about this in more detail for sure. Another time, because we literally added this to our notes, like 30 minutes before we were talking about it. So we don't right. know what we're talking about. This is yeah. not syntax FM where we know what we're talking about. This is whiskey web and whatnot, where we speculate about whatever we want. Today's episode is brought to you by Sentry. Sentry.io yeah. is the got some no. errors. Yeah. I got some errors. errors. Send them there yeah. and then read them later. Sentry is great though. Mm-hmm. Like I've used a lot of different error reporting things and it's like the most seamless one. And it's also updated all the fucking time. Like I can't log into GitHub without a dependabot alert. That's like Ember slash Sentry has been updated from like version seven to version eight billion. Like it's right. like updated every day. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like they and are if, clearly shipping all the time. And if they're updating the Ember version like that, can you imagine... Well, I think it's a monorepo. So it's uh, like every time they ship anything for Sentry, every version gets updated. Gotcha. Yeah. Because it's, Somewhere. yeah, they're they're not giving that much focus to Ember like every single day. Like I was wondering, I was like, geez, yeah. there's a whole like Ember team just being like, this is how we get deeper into the internals. We'll give you more information just about <laughs> Ember. Apparently not. Yeah. Right? It was just SQLite to be fair. But still, well, it was still. Like, set it up, my, do the migrations, do the seeding, just, you know, one record. Yeah. So tell, tell me, me about, about Alicia. Is it Alicia? Alessia? Yeah, I, I have the same thing. I asked and, and she never pronounced it for me, so I don't know. Hmm. But it is a bun-based framework for web APIs. It's like the new Express, but on bun... Bun, mm. bun, bun. So it's super fucking fast so far, but it so is also of 200 brand new. It takes 150 milliseconds. Exactly. I don't know. I wrote a test for a, a get by ID endpoint and setting up the test. So basically booting up, migrating, like set up the database, migrate, seed it, run the test, shut down, tell me information, 69 milliseconds. Whole thing. Damn. I was like setting up a database. That's got to be at least 10x faster than anything else. I think if not way more. I think so. It is like so fast, very instantaneous. Like start the server, boom, it's immediate. It's like, it's really nice in that sense. I don't know what I guess why they care that it takes 20 milliseconds to run node version. Exactly. Why do they (laughs) want to know what node version? You know, that's what makes me wonder. It's like, why do you need that? Probably for compatibility with other things where like you're running a library and it cares what the node version is to do like different branches or yeah, something. That's like true. So the fact that it runs node version, they're upset that it takes twenty milliseconds. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like Which, they're contributing to node, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I think if nothing else, it's gonna move everyone forward because they're like, you know, we've been not caring a ton about performance. We're just caring about adding features and like 
there's some performance gains, but they're like, wait, this could be like in some cases, probably a hundred X, a thousand X faster. Like, yeah, we, we need to care now. It's true. Cause when you have a player come in and say, I care the most about performance, that's going to push everybody forward because even like Deno, I think didn't care as much about performance as I did about like developer ergonomics. You know, there's yeah. like certain, they were very that... security based too. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is fine. It's a good yeah. thing, but then take that foundation and now move it into also blazing vast. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dino is doing it right. Where like they basically give you no permissions and they're like, if you want to do anything, you must request and give like explicit access of like, I want you to be able to read files or I, whatever. It's right. not just like do whatever you can with these node APIs. It's like, <laughs> no, no, you don't have any access until we give it to you for every little thing, because then you can say, all right, I'm going to implement this thing and you give it access to that. And you don't have to worry about the rest. Cause you're like, I know it's locked down and it's not going to do other shit. Yeah. So like, I think that is, that, is really powerful if they can meet in the middle like if bun can do the same thing but also be fast i think that's the the perfect thing yeah yeah we shall see the yeah. runtime wars have begun <laughs> which i mean who would have thought five ten years ago runtime wars part two yeah i mean javascript i thought was just like a thing like we don't need all these runtimes like node happened to be the same thing we were running in chrome just repurposed, but like the fact that we would have several more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't see this coming. Wasn't on your bingo yeah. card, apparently. Yeah. Something else we didn't see coming was selling Shepard to the company you work for now. Oh my gosh. This yes. won't air for a while, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we should be clear about that distinction of spinning up a company around shepherd js which now becomes shepherd the thing and shepherd pro in the future and yeah trying to build more to do more with shepherd shepherd the yeah. very dumb library for tours but actually can do a whole lot more than tours because it's just all about mm -hmm. context right it's sort of like it goes through steps and points out elements and you can use it in all kinds of ways are you guiding someone to, uh, towards onboarding? Are you showing new features? Are you, you know, just trying to engage interaction in some ways and you want context to that? Like, you can definitely do a lot with that information if you decide to capture it and sort of like do something with that. So, yeah, yeah that's definitely a thing, I think. So Shepard.js will is MIT open source library will continue to be so in perpetuity as far as I know. And mm -hmm. we'd just like to offer something that is a better developer experience and offers insights from what your users are doing. So that's yeah. a very serious topic for for <laughs> a few whiskeys in. But yeah. uh, it's, it's worth talking about. It. It's worth saying yeah. that like yeah, because ShipShape has uh, been the steward of Shepherd for quite some time and doing something with Shepherd and hopefully offering something of value to people is is cool. So yeah. Fucking A, stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. There's also like a lot of like there's a Shepherd is big enough that users try to do weird stuff. And like that informs some of like what the direction should be, I think. But like people forever have wanted to highlight two things. Like 
Mm. Two cutouts, but one pop-up. Mm-hmm. Or pop-over, whatever. Terminology is weird. And then recently, like within the last week, someone wanted to have one cutout, like highlight one element, but have two pop-overs attached to the same thing. And I was like, what? Why? What? But like just making it flexible enough that people could do that mm-hmm. on like all the different, like I think making that distinction will differentiate it from like intro JS or something else that's similar. And then yeah. adding on pro features that like make it super easy to do this as a developer or like down the road as a just marketing team or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of there's players. Like in not that a space. ton. Yeah. This is like Pando, I think is one that has like a big thing. There's AppQs has that very marketer side of things. There's a uh, chameleon is a newer one that has like frigade is one that has like full onboarding experience and it has a clerk.dev kind of like mm. drop in our react components and get your thing because it's going to call home and get a bunch of info there and sort of simplify integration. But, you know, is that the best thing? I don't know. I think a lot of people want contextual information and analytics. Maybe that's a yeah. thing. So integrations yeah, I mean, with like post hog and amplitude and shit like that too. I don't think anyone has really nailed it yet. So I think it's going to be a lot of like trial and error and figuring out what works. But yeah. I think Shepard as a library has always been like the user or like the developer's tour library. Because like mm-hmm. IntroJS was like they had the weird licensing of like if you made more than a certain amount of money or whatever you had to pay them and then like different stuff so like i think being able to use shepherd fully it's like kind of dumb you can customize all of it and then we layer on like the value add after yeah. is different than the rest of them so yeah yeah trying stay to capitalize tuned. on the existing market like cool you're using it great keep using it no worries yeah there. drupal drupal uses it for their mm-hmm their tour component or yeah whatever, and so. they haven't been like they're ha- they haven't had a lot of problems i guess because they were like you know we want to add this if we have problems like we will come at you and like are you cool with that and i was like yeah and they like they had a couple of issues and like they were fine we resolved them but like you would think that sort of mass usage yeah. would unveil a lot of things and it really didn't and we've had like a stable test like system for many years, which took us through like I first converted it to Preact, now oh, yeah. to felt. Yep. And like all the tests still pass in the same test suite. So it's like that's the power of test driven development. You can swap out your entire framework and it just works. It's gonna be a web component next or something like that. It could. Like as long as the tests pass, you can make it whatever. Yeah. For Rizzle. Yeah. It feels like a good outro. Yeah. We'll talk about tree trimming and landscaping. I think you meant manscaping here, but it it says landscaping. So I don't know. Yeah. We got, we got five minutes left. We can, we can whatnot for a couple minutes. All right. There's a lot of tech. Yeah. We can do kid, kid things. So yeah. Yeah. Well, we're almost done. Hey, let's just talk Christmas shopping. All right. Christmas shop early or wait till the last minute. Me personally or my family? Because there's a difference. Both. My family as a whole is a collective, and I can piggyback onto that. Christmas shops early for the most part. Me, I I get to a couple of key items that I know early on just because, like, I like to be a thoughtful gift giver and not just like, oh, it's the thing, I have to do it. 
So like when it comes for me, like I know what I want to buy, I get it and just get it over with. And then there's like, oh, we have stockings to fill and blah, 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 that I do all last minute and all online. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think I do like similar. I have a few that I like really nail and like put thought into. And then I'm just kind of spent. I'm like, how can I get gifts for everyone else without like putting a lot of effort into it? So it's like, yeah, you have those few like, yeah, I'm going to win this one. And then the rest are just kind of like, I got to get gifts. Yeah. I know. I find myself like going through Prime Day or whatever. And like, is there anything great here? There's not really. But is there anything that's good enough? (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. It's funny because like sometimes I'll do it based on what I want to. So like. Mm. Uh, I sent my mom this year, like, what's it called? The Wintersmiths, like, ice set thing where you can make the clear ice. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they, like, the Wintersmith one is special because you can make, like, 10 different shapes. Now, they don't nice. give you all the shapes. You got to buy each thing oh, separately. Nice. Clever. And it's very expensive. And she was like, this is an ice tray. Like, what are you talking about? Why is it this <laughs> expensive? And I was like, because it's clear ice and it's different shape. Uh, she didn't whatever. quite know that nuance. Yeah. yeah. She was like, oh, so great, like, son. Yeah. She wasn't thrilled with that. But I, in turn, got like some other people, some uh, of the like less expensive clear ice things. So like, I think it's a good thing to have. You might not be able to support all the shapes and the whatever, like not get the fancy one. But there's like an Amazon one's like 40 bucks and it like does really hmm. clear ice. So hmm. works fine. Links in Robbie's bio. They are affiliate. Well, they've they've know. canceled my affiliate program, so fuck them. Mm. I didn't didn't get enough traffic on my Amazon affiliate links Can because no one Jeff? goes to RobbieTheWagner.dev apparently. Oh, okay. Can you can you call up Jeff and be like, I work. For I can you, Slack mother. Jeff. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> when you're ready to like quit, you should Slack Jeff about it, like getting I don't, in the affiliate. Program. I don't think he responds. I don't think he or Andy Jassy, the new CEO, ever respond. Like I think they just happen to have accounts. Yeah. But then and they're like, just like never there. They never actually. Yeah. Like yeah. they probably never respond to email either. It's like maybe goes to their secretary or their secretary's mm. secretary. Yeah. Or like <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's a weird thing with the affiliate thing. It's like I think they give you like three months. And if you don't have a certain number of buys, like not even just clicks, it's like if you haven't generated enough revenue, they just cancel it. And hmm. it's like, how is that even worthwhile? Because you yeah. might as well leave it open. What if like I accidentally went viral and a thousand people want to buy it, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. You, you got to do that X number of times to keep it going. Yeah, like know. you get to appeal it. Like you have to wait a month or two and then be like, no, I have traffic now. And then they give you like another chance to get mm. in whatever and it's just a lot of red tape it should just be like then someone has to, well i guess no one's managing it. it's automated but i don't know this is a weird rant to go on <laughs> so find a different affiliate program that's what you're saying well yeah like bflow desks there you go that's true nice desk yeah. we'll talk more about it another time i guess yeah this episode is brought to you by it. Oh, we should share that. This episode. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Is it? Let Go me look B it up flow. while you're talking. All right. Go B Flow, which is a standing desk that is all about 
A, I love that the raise and lower is each individual leg. It's like extremely stable with that. It has an entire like system for organizing all your wires that wouldn't be apparent for my current setup. But when I move to my children's playhouse as my primary office, I'll show a more advanced configuration. Nice. GoBeeFlow.com. <laughs> oh, I still cannot find. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll share the code next time. Because sure. I can't find it right now. Okay. I think they gave us like 20 or 30% off on the code though. So Oh, that's solid. Worth, we should definitely, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like three thousand dollars desk. You should do it. Yeah. The best desk I've had for sure. And like I never had organized cords until this desk because usually I would just let them all hang and then Caitlin would come in eventually and be like, I got these clips. I'm going to like clip them up for you. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. Like, and now, but now it's just so like, embarrassing. Yeah, as you get older, she does that with your balls too. Oh, that sounds painful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not very functional, but effective. Anyway. Okay, well, yeah, this one took a lot of weird turns, but we are over time, so hopefully you enjoyed at least part of it. If you liked it, please subscribe, leave some ratings and reviews, and we will catch you next time. Also, check out shepherdjs.dev. Boom, 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 and shepherdpro.com, but it doesn't go anywhere yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>